From Air Candy Podcasts, you're listening to Resurrection Media's Possession. The cops were telling everybody, stay inside, stay inside. We had no idea what was going on, but we knew something bad had happened. It was terrible news. A female college student had been murdered, and Michaela's boyfriend was a person of interest. Hey, what's going on? Yet, as police rushed to pick up Chris McKenzie, another suspect emerged. Sounded like an old man with a gravelly voice had gotten into the dorms. Who was this angry man roaming the halls? Was he the actual murderer? I remember Mr. Bubbs from a long time ago. He was an old homeless guy in the neighborhood where we grew up. We did something bad to that old man. Something really, really bad. Mm-hmm. They call me Mr. Bubs. I'm here. <laughs> Remember me? It was a mystery spawned from a terrible truth buried deep in one student's past. And now it was time to hear the truth about what happened that night in room 209. Hi, I'm Vishesh Chatra. And this is Resurrection Media's Possession. This series is a dramatization of certain facts and events. The names have been changed and some of the events and characters have been fictionalized, modified, or composited for dramatic purposes. And now, here's Jafina Kay with Episode 3, Part 1 of Remember Me. A murder on a small college campus had set the students on edge. Calvary College in Claremont, California was considered a quiet school, a safe school, that is, until a certain Friday night. By now, police had gathered enough information to declare the dead girl lying on the dorm room floor to be Michaela Hereford. That must have been very hard for you. It was. But once Bridget told me she was wearing a dreadlock wig, I knew it was Michaela. That's why they couldn't do a positive ID on her right away. The wig was throwing them. Imagine the level of anger someone must have had to beat her until she was unrecognizable. It's heartbreaking. Did she ever mention arguments with Chris? No, no arguments, no real disagreements. It seemed like they had the perfect relationship. I can imagine how hard it must have been to tell her mother that her daughter had been murdered. It was. I couldn't do it. I called my mom, and me and my mom and my sister got on the phone to her. She was screaming and crying as we told her. We all were. Tragic. We bought that wig together. It was for the time we went to the party as each other. Yes, I remember you telling me about that. And just like that, she was gone. The emotional impact of the campus tragedy cut very deep. These were teenagers, new friends, starting out on their college journey together. And now one of them was dead. We grew up together. 
I've known her since middle school. <laughs> she was so sweet. Everybody liked her. The positive ID of Michaela was just the beginning. There was still a killer on the loose. Several counties away, the 911 dispatcher got the name Michaela Hereford from the stressed out dad. Minutes later, the dispatcher was on the phone to the campus cops at Calvary. And now, the pieces of the puzzle were beginning to fall into place. Almost. We got a call from a stressed out father about an hour ago. He says his son called him and told him someone was dead. The son's name is Chris McKenzie. Seems he was out there with a girlfriend of his, Michaela something. She's a student out there, right? Yeah. And Chris McKenzie is the person we're looking for. You're looking for him? Yes. He's a suspect in a criminal investigation. We had him earlier on an open container, but we let him go. Is the girl Michaela okay? No, she's not. She's dead. Murdered. We think by him. Well, from what we've gathered, he doesn't know who killed her. But we're picking him up anyway. And while all this was going on, a second suspect emerged. For that, I interviewed Michaela's old friend, Bridget Collins. Hi, Bridget. Hello. So, you've known Michaela since middle school. Yes, we used to hang out all the time. So what did you think when you heard about the strange call to Taylor's phone? He called Taylor's phone. I took it and demanded to know where was Michaela. He said, she's gone. In that creepy, raspy voice. It was so horrible. It made my skin crawl. I thought it was very, very creepy. I hadn't thought about Mr. Bubb since we were 12 or 13, and now I hear he was in our dorm and Michaela was dead? And the writing on the wall? Wow. Creepy. Creepy, indeed. Not so creepy was the fact that the police were on their way to apprehend Chris McKenzie. Once he was in custody, the horror of what actually occurred in room 209 would finally be revealed. And oh, what a revelation it would be. A murderer on the loose. But was the killer Chris McKenzie? Or the very mysterious Mr. Bubbs? Untold details about the horrific murder and more on our crime story fueled by a long-forgotten vendetta. Coming up. I didn't know how. I didn't know who. I didn't know anything. All I knew is Michaela was gone. Do you enjoy comedy and horror? I know I do. Coming from Resurrection Media, the Resurrection Podcast, where we combine very funny comedians with very serious horror aficionados. The result is hilarious and horrific, or hilarific. Tune into the Resurrection Podcast coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Remember Me. From Air Candy Podcasts, you're listening to Resurrection Media's Possession. 
Hi, I'm your host, Vishesh Chatra, with our presentation of a story about murder, a debt to be paid, and possession. Here again is Jafina Kay with Episode 3, Act 1 of Remember Me. Chris McKenzie was waiting at a gas station at exit 88 on the San Bernardino Freeway when authorities arrived to pick him up. Chris McKenzie, get out of that car with your hands up. It was almost sunrise when the police arrived. A frantic manhunt that had pulled in multiple police agencies, college officials, a best friend, and several anguished parents was almost over. They were called to respond to that exit off the freeway, not knowing what to expect. Tara Richardson was the assistant district attorney assigned to prosecute the case. They'd been given a description of the car and the suspect, but they didn't know if he was armed or dangerous. At that point, they knew there was one dead on the Calvary College campus and possibly another missing. And Chris was cooperative? He complied with their request and told him he was turning himself in. They noted he had blood on his clothes and blood on his hands. Within seconds, Chris was handcuffed and in custody. Now for his car. What could it tell them? They wanted to check the trunk. They didn't know if there was a body in there because at that point, Michaela was still reported as missing. That, of course, had already been determined. Once they determined there were no weapons and no dead bodies, they brought him in for questioning. They didn't arrest him on the spot? Not yet. They wanted to hear his side of the story first. I put him in a room and began to question him right away. But Chris's side of the story only seemed to compound the mystery. Here again is homicide detective Dylan Jelinski. Were there problems in your relationship with Michaela? I mean, not really. But I was annoyed with her. During his interview with investigator Jelinski, Chris began to lay out for authorities what had happened that night. And it began with the fact his relationship with Michaela wasn't so good after all. What annoyed you? I mean, look, she wasn't there to greet me when I got to campus. She was off drinking with some of her pals and I had to wait outside her dorm for nearly an hour. I've been traveling all day. I just want to take a load off. Now, the least she could have done was be there to greet me. And that bothered you? Yeah, I mean, not enough to do anything bad. I was just annoyed. She was always doing stuff like that. The couple had dinner, and then they went to a few parties. While Michaela happily showed off her boyfriend to her new college pals, Chris continually complained he wanted to get some sleep. After a while, Michaela gave in. Chris grabbed a hard water, and they headed back to the dorm. That's when they ran into Officer Fleming patrolling the campus. The police stopping you for the open container must have pissed you off. No, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know about the open container law. The cops were cool. He seemed a little bothered, but he complied. He handed me a nearly empty can and apologized. But after I apologized, Michaela like, just went off. She cursed us under her breath, but then she pulled him away and said, let's get away from these toy cops. As Chris was being questioned by investigator Jelinski, rumor of another suspect began circulating among the students. 
and this rumor involved Mr. Bubs. Here now is more from my interview with Bridget Collins. I hadn't thought about Mr. Bubs since we were 12 or 13, and now I hear he was in our dorm and Michaela was dead? And the writing on the wall? Wow, creepy. So, Bridget, what can you tell me about Mr. Bubs? He was an old homeless guy who turned up in our community when we were in middle school. Was he dangerous? I know the homeless problem has produced its share of mental issues. He seemed pretty normal. He used to do odd jobs for some of the shop owners. You know, sweeping up in the front of the store, a little manual labor, anything for a few dollars or a meal. Some people liked him, others just put up with him. He does sound pretty normal. Just a guy down on his luck. Yeah, but Michaela hated him. Really? Any reason why? Not that I could tell. Three of us hung out together back then. It was me, Michaela, and Sherry. We did pretty much everything together since we were in the seventh grade. And whenever we saw that old homeless guy on the street, Michaela's dark side would come out. Michaela had a dark side? Oh, yeah. There was a darkness in Michaela. Most times she was happy, super sweet Michaela, but occasionally she turned dark. This dark side would eventually show up in a way that would change all of their lives forever. Meanwhile, investigator Jelinski was grilling Chris about Michaela, and it seems Chris had gotten a taste of her dark side as well. You say she got mad? Yeah, just because I gave up the alcohol and apologized. She called me a wimp. She'd said she'd been waiting for all this time for me, and I was spoiling her weekend. She told me she shouldn't have waited for me, and then she got real ugly with me. So that must have pissed you off. Yeah, a little. You know, honestly, I, I just, all I wanted to do was just get back to the dorm room get some sleep. You know, I figured we could sort this out in the morning, you know? So then, you returned to the dorm. Yeah. Yeah, we did. How'd that go? (sighs) Not good. Chris McKenzie was finally in custody. And what he would reveal to the police about what actually happened at the dorm that night would send the mystery spinning in a supernatural direction. You'll hear what he told authorities after the break. Do you enjoy comedy and horror? I know I do. Coming from Resurrection Media, the Resurrection Podcast, where we combine very funny comedians with very serious horror aficionados. The result is hilarious and horrific, or Hillerific. Tune into the Resurrection Podcast coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Remember Me. From Air Candy Podcasts, you're listening to Resurrection Media's Possession. A murder, cryptic writing on the wall, and now a second suspect. Meanwhile, Chris began filling in authorities on what went on in dorm room 209. 
Here now is Jafina Kay with the conclusion of Remember Me, Episode 3. Chris was finally getting to the part of the night everyone had been waiting for. What exactly happened after he and Michaela got back to the dorm room? So you're back at the dorm room. You walk in and you go to sleep, right? That's what I wanted to do, but Michaela just wouldn't let it go. I mean, I was really tired, dude, and I could just, I could feel myself getting angry. I told her, just shut up. I just want to go to sleep. And that's when you lost it on her. No, no. I, I, I didn't kill her, man. I, I tried to save her. All right. Okay. Walk me through the next few minutes. You told her to shut up. And did she? Nah, man. She did not. As Chris began laying out the next few crucial minutes of what happened in room 209, some students at the college had decided to tell the police about the intruder they heard roaming the corridors. Some of the other students who had heard the angry man in the hall decided we should tell somebody. I know the police were looking at Chris, Michaela's boyfriend, for it, but they needed to know someone else was in the dorm that night. Someone who had history with Michaela. While Brenda and a few others were calling the authorities to tell them of the other suspect, Chris began giving details about the horror in room 209. I was practically begging her to let it go until morning. But I could feel myself getting angry. And this anger I was feeling, it was so full of hate. It was like, it was like it wasn't me. And then it was like, I was a balloon full of hot air, hot, hateful air, filling my head just bigger and bigger, bigger. My eyes got so big, they were just popping out of my head. And then I blacked out. You blacked out? Yeah. Look, I I know it sounds convenient, but it's true, okay? Okay. You blacked out. For how long? I don't know. It must have been a while because when I came to, I could see like something horrible had happened. Okay. There's, there's blood everywhere. I mean, everywhere. All over the floor, all over the bed, all over Michaela. Things had been thrown around the room. It was, dude, it was like, it was like a hurricane had hit it. And Michaela was dead. No, see, that's it. She wasn't dead, okay? Not yet. She was lying there on the floor in like a huge pool of blood, looking up at me in this weird way. But something bad had happened and, and she wanted me to save her. She wanted you to save her. Yeah, I mean, something, something bad had happened while I blacked out and, and she wanted me to save her, okay? Chris, Chris, Chris. She was looking at you that way because you were the one who had just done this to her. You'd just beaten the crap out of her. What? No, no. It wasn't me, I swear. I would never do anything to hurt her, man. It's not like that. Okay. What did you do next? I was freaking out. I mean, shit. I mean, she was she was breathing really shallow. and So I tried to give her CPR. 
I, I, I obviously I don't really know CPR, so I, I panicked and, and I ran out in the hall to get help. But you didn't get any help, did you? No, because I blacked out again. And when I did, it was like someone had taken over my body because I knew I was out in the corridor screaming. But I, I could tell I wasn't screaming for help. I could just hear all this anger just coming right out of me. Admit it, Chris. No one took over your body. And you know you didn't black out. All this anger was you. You killed Michaela. Come on now, admit it. You were tired, you were angry. She's been a real bitch. You lost control. That's what happened, isn't it? Oh, man, what are you... No! no it... This blackout mumbo-jumbo story isn't going to fly, Chris. No one else was around but you. Just you. And that's just who's going to pay for it. Campus Police, come in and direct your call. While it seemed to Detective Jelinski that this was an open and shut case, just as he was wrapping up his interview, an early morning call came into the campus police department. Hi, my name is Brenda. I'm a student here at Calvary. I was in the dorm when the murder happened last night and me and some other students heard an old man with a gravelly voice in the halls. He was screaming at the top of his lungs, really angry. He was saying, you didn't think I'd remember you. Did you? Did you? I think this old guy may have had something to do with the murder. Hello? Um, young lady, I think you need to come in and tell us what you know. Okay, um, one more thing. I think his name is Mr. Bubs. That's what one of the girls told me. Mr. Bubs. Mm, they call me Mr. Bubs. Remember me? Had the mysterious Mr. Bubs actually shown up at the dorms and gotten a measure of revenge for something in the past? Or was something else going on here? More of our paranormal mystery on the next Possession. Do you enjoy comedy and horror? I know I do. Coming from Resurrection Media, the Resurrection Podcast, where we combine very funny comedians with very serious horror aficionados. The result is hilarious and horrific, or hilarific. Tune into the Resurrection Podcast coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Remember Me. You've been listening to Resurrection Media's Possession, a production of Air Candy Podcasts and Resurrection Media. Possession stars me, Vishesh Chatra, and Jafina Kay. It's produced by Bruce Jones, Eric Van Lowe, and S.K. Dane. Our series is executive produced by Tim Hightower and John Moriarty. Resurrection Media's Possession is a fiction podcast based on true events. For a complete cast list, Go to resurrection-media.com.